This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Friday, February 18th, this is how we do it. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside a man who would definitely pay BYU alum Mike Leach to do a cameo at some point, right? He is Jerem Jordan. Maybe. I did have a friend who had a friend who got a cameo from Carol Baskins of Tiger King fame (laughs) two summers ago or whatever. That was incredible, Uh, calling out their name. It was like, what? So for those who don't know, you can pay like celebs X amount to like record a message back to you, you know? So Mike Leach did it for some fan and it was hilarious because Mike Leach is hilarious. I would, I hope Mike Leach somehow comes back to the Big 12 and then we can somehow interact with him a little more or at least pay attention. His personality is What's, fantastic. Yeah, he's great. He's great. Mike, Mike's fantastic. Urban Meyer did a cameo mentioning BYU, I believe, the week of the Utah-BYU game. And oh, yeah, someone paid him to – A bunch of BYU fans to... raised money to make him say or ask him to say, BYU is my favorite. <laughs> he wouldn't do it. <laughs> he did it, but then, he, then he's like, ah, okay, that's not actually true. Uh, but I was, I was <laughs> impressed that he actually did it partially. Cameo is hilarious. Yeah. And I watched that Mike Leach thing a couple of times and laughed harder the second time around. He is so fantastic. We have an amazing show lined up for all of you today. That is uh, headlined by the Big 12 commissioner, Bob Bowlesby, joining us in Studio B. That's right. Bob Bowlesby with us. 20 minutes. Everything discussed from the recent college football playoff decision to stay at four teams through 2025. He's a huge part of that and the discussions that led into that. To how many conference games BYU will play when they move to the Big 12, is it going to be eight? Is it going to be nine? What's the new TV contract going to look like? And are Texas and Oklahoma really going to remain in the Big 12 through 2025? We will ask him all of those questions. You don't want to miss it. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Your football news. It's keeping its game at Arkansas in 2023 and moving it up a week to September 16th, according to wholehogsports.com. The Razorbacks are playing in Provo this October 15th, by the way. Much more in trending uh, about this and how many Power Fives uh, BYU will play in 2023. On another college football note this morning, news about the college football playoff. The management committee announces they will not expand the playoff format until at least after 2025. This means it will remain four teams. They were talking about 12. We will talk to Bob Bowlesby about that as well. He is a voice in that conversation and one of the bigger voices as well. And listen... Never question whole hog sports. I never have a single time ever. BYU men's basketball. They have a massive game tomorrow night. Maybe you've been thinking about it. At St. Mary's, the Gales are a projected seven seed in the NCAA tournament Good now. For them. And last I checked, according to ESPN.com, BYU has just a 14% chance of beating St. Mary's in Moraga tomorrow night. The Cougars, meanwhile, the first team out in the latest Lenardi bracket. Speaking of brackets, I'm just focused on BYU trying to get to a better position in the West Coast Conference bracket. 
Game tips off tomorrow night, 10 Eastern. You can listen live on BYU Radio. ESPN will have the TV coverage. ESPN 2, I believe. Uh, number 20, BYU women's basketball beat LMU 77-54 for a 29th consecutive win at home. That's just insane. Shaylee Gonzalez had the Cougs with 19, Paisley Harding had 18, and Sarah Hampson had this third quarter buzzer beater. Palatea in the corner. Tried to flip it to Hampson. Oh my goodness! An unorthodox alley-oop layup. What an athletic play by Sarah Hampson to grab that ball, flip it up before the third quarter buzzer goes off. It's like she's playing tip-in or something. BYU hosts Gonzaga tomorrow, 4 Eastern on BYU TV in the app. Both are 12-1 in conference. The winner gets a one-game lead for the regular season title going into the final week before the conference tournament. Senior day, massive game. 13th-ranked BYU men's volleyball on the road as they travel to the Golden State for a couple of showdowns with number six UC Santa Barbara. Can't wait for these matches to go five sets, Jaron, because apparently every Maybe. match is going to go five sets. Yeah, we'll see, man. Cougars trying to regroup after losing a couple of five-set thrillers to the Tritons last weekend. BYU leads the all-time series against UCSB 44-24. Let's make that 45 or maybe 46-24. You're going to say just a split? Softball takes down Stanford 4-3. That always feels nice. We got Houston, Hamilton, and that. They got the win. We gave Violet Zavodnik the karma to beat Stanford. Cougars did it. Let's go. San Jose State 8-5 as well to extend its win streak to six. Cougars play Illinois, Chicago today and Seattle tomorrow. This is not the Mariners, I'm being told. Let's go. Women's Gymnastics back on the floor tonight, hosting the number 23 Southern Utah Thunderbirds, or the gymnastics team specifically, the Flippin' Birds, in Provo at the Smithfield House. BYU atop the Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference based on their season average score at this point. That's in large part to senior Sadie Minor Van Tassel, who is for the fifth time in a row the MRGC Gymnast of the Week. You can watch the meet live at 9 Eastern on BYU TV. I'll be on the call with the fabulous Mikkel Merkley. We should also note, effective immediately, this from the at BYU main Twitter account, BYU is removing the requirement to present proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test to access large indoor public events on campus. So if you're coming to gymnastics or women's basketball tomorrow, you don't have to have proof or uh, the requirement of proof of vaccination. Masks, however, are still required in classes and indoor spaces where physical distancing is not maintained. You still have to prove you're not a youth, though, at the door. That's still a requirement. Right? No? It's not? Okay. 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 Track and field is at the MPSF Indoor Championships in Spokane today and tomorrow. Women's team is ranked number seven. They're crushing. Let's go. As we move on, BYU Swim and Dive continue their competition in the MPSF Championships in California. The men's team looking to defend their 2021 title as the women are trying to jump up to first in MPSF after a second place finish last year. Both squads took second and third respectively in the 200-meter relay yesterday. Competition continues through tomorrow. It's opening day for the BYU baseball team as Cougars play against Indiana State today, then a doubleheader with Marshall tomorrow, Ohio State Monday, in Port Charlotte, Florida. Shep in the sunshine. It's going to be so tan when he comes back. You can listen to all of those games on the BYU Cougars app. <laughs> Maybe not. And locally on BYU Radio 107.9 FM. <laughs> I looked Brazilian when I was in Brazil, and then I started talking, and they knew I wasn't. Uh. <laughs> I never experienced that when I was in Korea. I don't know. What? <laughs> there are a lot of Brazil. I look. Yeah. Yeah. Brazil is a cacophony of, you know, interesting culture. 
immigrants. Sure, for sure. BYU men's and women's tennis both in action this weekend. The men's team on the road for the second time as they travel to Albuquerque and take on the Lobos of New Mexico. Everyone's a Lobo. <laughs> That's something I said? Oh, yeah. I don't remember that one. You don't remember that? Oh, goodness. I don't. <laughs> Meanwhile, the women's team, BYU and tennis, doubleheader has been trimmed to a single meet as they take on Nevada tonight after a cancellation against the Pioneers of Denver. Last but not least, in the longest headlines in the history of this program, Seriously. men's golf is in set. What time? Is it 11 already? Good gosh. Men's golf is in seventh after the first round of the Johnny Burns Invitational in yes. Hawaii. Junior David Timmons, 200, good for 17th. Always oh, stung the music! Wow, that was not intentional. So now we know it's what, like five straight minutes or something? Fantastic. Holy shit, six minutes. Six minutes! All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. We have learned, as Jerem just presented in that very extended edition of Headlines, that Arkansas is reportedly set to remain on BYU's 2023 schedule with that game being moved to September 16th. We also see that BYU features a home game, a return game for their trip to Knoxville a few years back, with Tennessee. So, Jaron, with Arkansas staying on the schedule, should BYU keep Tennessee on the schedule and then potentially maybe add nine Big 12 games so that BYU's playing as many as 11 Power Fives? Yeah, so we threw up a graphic right now that says 2023 football schedule. This is what BYU has scheduled. They're going to need to cancel all but three or four of these, right? Arkansas feels like it's confirmed based on the report. BYU, you'd imagine, would have an FCS team. Um, and then your question about Tennessee. The rest ha- ha- probably have to be canceled unless you plan only eight conference Central games. Florida will be canceled because that's a conference game. Potentially. We don't know that. We'll see. Because um, they could be in, like, another division or whatever and maybe don't play them. Um, okay, should BYU keep Tennessee? Ugh, it's really hard not to keep a home game against Tennessee. But let's say BYU is only playing eight and not nine conference games. They still have to decide that. We'll talk to Bob Bowlesby about, like, that. what are they thinking there and, and when will they – Figure that out. If you play eight Big 12 games and you have Arkansas and you have Tennessee, you have 10 power five This games. is what you have always wanted, Jerry. I've always – well, I've wanted 12. You know that. And a bowl game. This is the closest to 12 or 13 power five games in the I season really you have come. I really wanted to see if BYU yeah. could go 3-9 a year. No. I <laughs> I can't – you can't pass up a Tennessee home game. You just can't. No, keep it you on the schedule. You have to keep that game. Yes. Now, let's talk about the rest of that. Um, so you agree, Tennessee, you got to keep it. Yeah, you keep yeah. the Tennessee keep game. It. People okay. are like, well, why? Why is BYU playing at Arkansas? Why wouldn't they get rid of that game? Listen, yeah. Arkansas is coming to Provo this season. BYU is an amazing partner in this stuff. Like, BYU will go to Georgia Southern in Independence. You know what I mean? Like, BYU go to Middle Tennessee. BYU is an amazing partner in that, okay? They're going to Liberty, right? Crazy. Um, so, yeah, Arkansas, yeah, is coming here this year. So, BYU's like, yes, we will yeah, return the BYU's game. BYU's going to fulfill yes. their part of that agreement. BYU's the anti-Notre Dame. Yeah. They'll actually go. No, well, now, Notre Dame is playing a game. I'm, that was a cheap shot. You're right. They are playing a game in Vegas. But, okay, 10 power fives is a lot. It might be 11 if it's nine conference games, dude. And what the Big 12 traditionally does is the first three weeks is non-con. Then you go conference after that. So, you would have Tennessee as the opener, FCS on September 9th, I imagine, at home. At Arkansas, and then 
and then if if it's nine games, that's your non-con. If it's not, maybe you maybe you can figure something out with Utah State there on Friday the 29th. That would still work out. I don't know if Utah State's already scheduled a game there because that date is TBD TBA, but obviously conference weekend with whatnot. So we'll see. But the, BYU will play a minimum of nine or ten, depending on what conference is, and it might be eleven if you keep Tennessee. So it, it could be interesting. At that point, let's just talk about it. Let's just say it right now. The, the goal at that point is to just make a bowl game. You're not competing for a conference championship with that schedule. You are, try, you are trying to go to a bowl game in year one. <laughs> let's be realistic about this. Go to a bowl game. It's very exciting. And in the words of Mark Pope, it's also terrifying. No, it is. Like, and think about what BYU crazy. will be doing at the quarterback position in 2023. If Jaron Hall has a great 2022, decides to leave for the NFL, now you're facing, let's say, 10 Power 5 teams with a new guy, a new quarterback. Is that Jacob Conover? Is that somebody else? Is that transfer portal? What Whoa. is that? Yeah, what is that? Or does so, Jaron Hall stay and he's the guy that leads BYU into the Big 12? Maybe he does. I would imagine if he has another good year like this, that he might bounce. That's, there's a strong chance that could happen. Okay. Strong chance. But, like, Gunnar Romney came back, but he got hurt. You don't want Jaron to get hurt. You don't want any of that. Okay, topic two. Which basketball team has more on the line tomorrow, Spence? The BYU men at St. Mary's or the BYU women hosting Gonzaga? So because I am of the opinion that BYU men's basketball, and I know a lot of you think I'm crazy for this. Hey, Spencer, put on your blue goggles. I just think you're crazy, period. Hey. What about this? Blue goggle alert. Blue well goggle aware of that, too. <laughs> blue goggle okay. alert. But I'm going to take out alert. the blue goggles because, listen. Oh. I am of the opinion that the BYU men can still make the NCAA tournament and lose to St. Mary's. St. Mary's is projected as a seven seed right now. BYU has like a 13% chance to win that game according to ESPN's basketball power index. So while it would be incredible for BYU to win, and it certainly would help them feel more comfortable about getting an at-large, it is not, in my opinion, mandatory for BYU to beat the Gales tomorrow. It's not, hey, if you don't win tomorrow, you have no shot of getting into the NCAA tournament as an at-large. Here's why. San Francisco just lost to St. Mary's last night, which means BYU, even with the loss to St. Mary's tomorrow, is pacing for a quarterfinal showdown with San Francisco in Las Vegas. I need the Ken Palm adjusted win percentage to know that. Right now, it feels like that's what it will be. There we'll it is. see. There it is. We'll see. Yeah. I, I need to see that to feel more con- – like, right now, I don't know. Like, is BYU the five? I have no idea. If BYU plays San Francisco in Las Vegas in that quarterfinal, yeah. the winner of that game, Jerem, is going to get the final spot from the West Coast Conferences and at-large. The loser is going to be on the outside looking in because San Francisco, after their loss to St. Mary's, is creeping closer and closer to being on the outside looking in. Because four aren't going, like I said from last. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's three. Three would be nice. If BYU beats St. Mary's tomorrow and then San Francisco somehow beats Gonzaga, then yeah, okay, four are going to get in. Right. Four are going to get in. But say that sentence loud and don't. I know. I know. It's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm not of the opinion that BYU so needs to win tomorrow. Maybe. If they get San Francisco and Vegas and they win that game, then the winner of that game would have won two of three in the season series, and that team will be the third and final WCC team in as an at-large. So with that, all that said, to me it's women's basketball, Jaron, because they are playing for a conference championship. If they lose to Gonzaga tomorrow, somehow, amazingly, this incredible team 
would not win their own conference? Well, they could do that in Vegas, Spence. That's why I think it's the men. Ah, um, see, regular and, and, season and feels what, bigger to me. What the? I agree, but it's not perceived that way. Like the regular season title is never applauded the way the tournament title is. It's so weird to me. The women are going to play an 18-team tournament, 18-game tournament, in the regular season and win, and it doesn't matter compared to the tur- the It's just for seeding, but it is for the NCAA tournament stuff. I think it's the men. Because if they don't win that, it's going to be hard to make the turn. And hopefully they still do if they lose. And hopefully Foose can play. Or if Foose can't play, they can somehow figure it out on the defensive end. But on, yesterday, Dave and I were talking about, hey, you need more offense. I think it's the men because if BYU doesn't make the tourney after being ranked 12th, I know a lot of injuries have happened. That's just disappointing. It, it, it is. Certainly. Yeah. Now, also for consideration with the women, 29-game home winning streak, regular season de facto championship, and they are battling to be a top-four seed in the NCAA tournament. If they lose to Gonzaga tomorrow, you can kiss any chance at a top-four seed goodbye. That will not happen. The NCAA is looking for any reason to not put BYU in a position where they could, quote-unquote, host or be considered to host or have to go through that whole process. If BYU is a five or six with the women, I'm happy. I'm good. they got to be I, Gonzaga I would like tomorrow. To, to be higher than six if they're like 20, uh, you know, five and th- two. Or whatever. If BYU doesn't beat Gonzaga tomorrow, it is conceivable that they could be a six or yikes seven seed, depending on what happens in the conference tournament too. They got to win this game tomorrow. It's a huge game. All right, they can get them back in Vegas. Our question of the twice. day. <laughs> Our question of the day as we move back to football from basketball: Should BYU keep Tennessee on the 2023 football schedule, slated for a home game in Provo? creating the possibility of 10 or 11 Power 5 games in the same season. You guys wanted this. Why or why not? Here we go. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Stephen Westhafer answers on Facebook, yes, keep Tennessee because BYU wants to compete and continue building the brand. BYU is going to the Big 12 now. Let's become a powerhouse. Do you need 11 Power Fives to prove that you're a powerhouse? Or would 10 be okay? Or even 9? Gosh, whatever the minimum is, plus 1 for a non-conference game. Yeah. We'll see what happens, man. I, it's, we're, we're in for We signed up for it, and we're excited about I'm it. I'm excited. We're excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, Get to a bowl game in 20. When I bought my first house, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is way more than I had rent before. But the benefits of being in that house are way better. So let's go. Yeah, apparently we're mixing this. Run uh, it back, Jerem. Run it back. Run Come it back. Up. Coming up, is Tyler Algier a top five running back draft pick? Who says? And as promised, the commissioner of the Big 12 Conference, Bob Bowlesby, hanging out with us in Studio B and answering a lot of tough questions. Do not go anywhere. How many conference games are the Cougars going to play? When are we going to know about that? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Huge game tomorrow afternoon, 20th ranked BYU host Gonzaga on Senior Day, 4 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. Both teams are tied at 12-1 in league. The winner gets a one-game advantage going into the final week of the regular season. Rivalry game, senior day, massive matchup. And not technically the regular season championship game, but 
basically. It feels that yes, way. The de facto like regular yeah. season championship. We are live in Studio B on a Friday. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan, and it is our absolute pleasure to welcome into Studio B the commissioner of the Big 12 Conference, Bob Bowlesby. We told you we'd keep a seat warm for you whenever you came into town after that Zoom conference back in September, and here you are. Well, a lot of the seats that I sit in have wires hooked to them, so this is <laughs> this is more comfortable than that. How would you explain your trip to Provo thus far? I know it's been a quick one, but how has it been? Well, we have our entire senior team with us here, and uh, it's been a terrific visit. Uh, uh, Tom Homo and his team have done a great job, and and uh, President Worthen has been gracious with his time. And we've just uh, we've met a lot of great people. We've met and uh, spent time with a lot of the coaches. Uh, the the highlight has been meeting some of the student athletes and and just getting a feel for the place. And so uh, we just couldn't be any more excited about BYU being our new partner. And uh, I can't wait till July first of twenty three. We cannot either, and when the announcement happened, I thought, well, I want this to be a year out, not two, but it feels like there's a lot to figure out, and you guys are right now. Yeah, there really is a lot in transition, and, and some of it is check boxes, and some of it is just comparing notes to make sure that uh, it, we're doing the same things that uh, that uh, you're doing here, and, and that the expectations meet the, the actual output, and so it, it's just, uh, there's a period of transition, and, and I think that uh, BYU you leadership was also intent upon um, making sure that there was a smooth transition from the WCC and not unduly uh, disadvantaging them. And yeah. so having having some lead time is a blessing. There isn't any doubt about that. But there's uh, plenty to do. We have we have subgroups working on scheduling, and we're beginning to include uh, BYU leadership in in our meetings. And uh, and so uh, it's uh, it's starting to feel real. Yeah, we're looking forward to it for sure. Uh, you are a renaissance man in your responsibilities within the Big 12 and the NCAA in general. You're a huge part of the college football playoff expansion committee. We just learned this morning that it's going to stay at four teams through 2025. How do you feel about the decision to stay at four teams in the college football playoff through 25? Well, I was a part of uh, the decision, so I have to take some of the responsibility for it. Uh, I actually believe that uh, – the move to 12 was um, was altogether appropriate. Uh, it was good for us competitively. It was good for us financially, and we expected that we might be able to do that in years 11 and 12. And and uh, I'm disappointed that we haven't been able to do that. Um, there are those who think that uh, this sort of major change uh, is ill-timed because of all the other challenges we're facing in intercollegiate athletics. Uh, I happen to believe that uh, we are not looking at a period of calm water anytime in the near future. And the fact is, uh, when the playoff gets over in year 12, uh, the 25-26 season, uh, 26 championship game, uh, we're going to have to make these decisions. And so in some ways we've kicked the can down the road, and, and I'm disappointed at that because I thought there were some opportunities. So I, I'm, I'm not happy with the way it's turned out, but, uh, you know, we, we manage the playoff by unanimous consent, and that comes with its burdens. And so uh, we, will, we will continue to forge ahead, and, and I, I continue to believe that 12 is the right format. Uh, I think it, it creates the right sense of opportunity for everybody that's playing college football. Uh, I think it's also good for the Big 12 Conference. And so um, I, I am going to continue to push in that direction. Yeah, I was hoping for 12 too. So I'm looking forward to hopefully <laughs> one day that it is 12. 
Um, I, I know there were some meetings in Las Vegas a couple months ago where you guys started to discuss some of the things with the new league. Um, wh- when do you when do you kind of finalize that in terms of how many conference games you're going to have and division splits and that kind of thing? Well, we've got a subcommittee that's working on uh, football scheduling, one that's working on men's basketball, one that's working on women's basketball, baseball, um, all of those kinds of things. And, and uh, we're, we're making good progress. I, I think that uh, we one of the things we're doing is we're beginning to include the athletic directors and the coaches in our meetings going forward. And so um, they'll start to feel like a part of the Big 12 and, and a part of the decision processes on, on those kinds of things. But, you know, there's there's also a transition that takes place in how eligibility is certified and, and what kinds of records we expect and what the policies are by which we manage the league. And so there's a um, there's going to be a period of adjustment. There isn't any doubt about it. But um, by the time uh, we get to this point in the year next year, I, I think BYU and the other three incoming members will feel like members of our league, even though they aren't competing at that time. And then before long, it'll be July 1st, and uh, we'll be off to the races. It'll be here before we know it, really. Um, do you have an opinion on eight or nine conference games? Because that certainly shapes uh, a team's schedule in a great way. I, I'm uh, in, in football, I'm an advocate for nine games because I, quali- I think our conference quality is is good enough that that's a that's a valuable thing for us. I, I think you know we're going to be at 14 for a couple of years, and and so uh, playing a full uh, round robin is not in the cards. And uh, so I, I think you want to minimize the number of no plays you have if you possibly can. I think I think that's one of the things that make great leagues is great rivalries. And uh, so uh, we're going to do everything we can to have that happen. Once once we get to 12, uh, we'll probably take a different look at it. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if we played divisions in in football. Um, I'm I'm guessing that we may may not play divisions in basketball for for different reasons. But um, those things are still taking shape, and I, I honestly don't have any preconceived notions that um, that those are any place close to final. I, I I think we are in that process where we're listening and we're we're talking to both the current members uh, and the continuing members as well as the incoming members and and will eventually re, uh, reside where we uh, where we think it's best for everybody um, those decisions in the, in the case of scheduling largely take place uh, we usually try and announce our football schedule in October and um, of course we don't always have all the non-conference games done by then, but uh, at least the league schedule will likely announce in uh, October of uh, 22 for the fall of 23. So, uh, you know, we're really only six or seven months from from having a a schedule. Exciting. Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby is with us on BYU Sports Nation. When I think about BYU transitioning into the Big 12 and natural rivalries, TCU pops into my mind. So if you want to push BYU towards another – rivalry, quote-unquote, with TCU, I think that would be a fun thing. Well, I think there'll be a number of of rivalries that develop. Um, You know, interestingly enough, we we added BYU in the West. We added Cincinnati and uh, Central Florida in the East, and and, uh, 
Houston was a pretty easy addition. Uh, we we got a, a worldwide brand with BYU. Uh, we got three of the best recruiting uh, areas in in the country uh, with the the other three. And uh, you know they're all a little differently situated, but eventually they'll they'll tend towards the mean in in terms of what has become common practice in our league. And I just think it's going to be interesting to see how it shapes up because after having been at the the BYU Baylor game, uh, I would tell you I think there is the the, the nuggets <laughs> of a rivalry there. It felt like it, right? And, and right? Uh, you know it was uh, it was a great crowd and and there was a lot of blue and white in the stands and uh, so you know I I think uh, we probably won't spend a lot of time trying to force rivalries but but let those evolve a little bit and uh, uh, you know TCU is a uh, is a worthy rivalry opponent there isn't any doubt about that and and they're in a little bit of transition because uh, for the first time in uh, in decades uh, Gary Patterson's not going to be coaching their football team yep nope we're familiar with Gary from uh, the Mountain West so yeah it'll be interesting okay so when when a uh, a father has a new child, it gets new dad strength, right? That happens. That it didn't <laughs> that happen to me, but it happens typically. <laughs> it felt like new Power Five strength happened to BYU and Cincy and Houston, and it was there a validating moment there where you were like, okay, I already knew I wanted these four, but oh my gosh, they had tremendous seasons this year, especially in football. And now in basketball, it's been pretty good with Houston too. Yeah, that's a really good question, I, and I don't know if I had an aha moment on it, although we followed the progress of, of all the new teams throughout the fall, not surprisingly. But, you know, one of the places where you can uh, you can actually look at it from a statistical standpoint, uh, we looked at it, uh, the addition of the four in basketball and the deletion of the two uh, that uh, will eventually leave, and uh, our net uh, improved as a result of adding those schools. And, uh, you know, I, I would suggest that uh, we will compete exceedingly well in every sport, uh, particularly football and men's and women's basketball, uh, because they, like BYU, uh, there are great traditions. Uh, there are great traditions among our continuing members and, and the four editions. Uh, you know, we, we went out and tried to make athletic decisions uh, on who's the best athlete out there, to put it in the recruiting vernacular. Um, you know, you, you may not be recruiting entirely by position. You're, you're recruiting by who's the best athlete. And um, BYU's program athletically has been extraordinary over a very, very long period of time and uh, just brings tremendous credibility to our, to our league. And aspirationally, uh, we want to win national championships. Uh, and, and that's not just in a few sports. We'd like to win national championships and everything and that means being good enough to be in the playoff in football and being good enough to be in the final four in basketball and and win national championships and so uh, we're, we're going to be good in a very broad array of sports and uh, the the schools that are coming in have big alumni bases uh, worldwide followings uh, great recruiting uh, you know the, the I, I think uh, I think BYU's recruiting will be assisted by having Houston in the state of Texas I mean they reside in Harris County, Texas, which is arguably the best recruiting county in the entire United States for football players. So um, there's, I think there's going to be a tremendous impact. And as I've talked with coaches while we've been on campus, um, to a person they've said, it's having a tangible effect on yeah. our recruiting. 
And, uh, you know, I think that's a good early indication. Um, it, it, isn't the, it isn't the final verdict, but, but that's a really good early indication. And so I, I think uh, rivalries help to drive that. Um, you know, a kid from Texas uh, wants to know that he's going to get to play in front of his family once in a while. Well, he can, he can go to BYU and know that he's going to be playing in front of his family. And so I, I, think, that's a, I think that's a great thing. And, and while we did go far and wide to add members, um, we also didn't add anybody that's farther away from Dallas than Morgantown, West Virginia. So it, it's, um, you know, we, we just, we're in three time zones. Uh, we've got great traditions. Uh, we've got great recruiting areas, great alumni bases. Um, it has all the ingredients of being extraordinarily successful. Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby is with us on BYU Sports Nation. You've probably already answered this question in large part by saying that you anticipate Oklahoma and Texas to be with the league through 2025. What's the relationship like with those two schools as they transition out and you welcome the four teams in? Do you expect that things will go status quo through 25? It's it's hard to tell. We you know we don't have control over that. Um, the 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 public comments and the private comments from uh, Oklahoma and Texas have been that they're going to meet their obligations. Uh, we have two governing documents that uh, we have all agreed to to adhere to. One is our bylaws, and it says you commit for 99 years, and if you leave, you uh, you leave two years of of net revenue, uh, which is if you use the last two years, it's about 75 million dollars per institution. Um, but the other document that guides us and, and will eventually put a new version of this in place is a, is a grant of media rights that allows us to go forth and, and uh, negotiate and manage our, our television media and, and to a certain extent some other smaller uh, tranches of media. And uh, the, the grant of rights is built around uh, federal copyright law. So it uh, Unlike the bylaws where we'd have to go to court in Oklahoma or Texas, uh, the grant of rights is, uh, is going to be heard in a federal jurisdiction, and, wow. and uh, we, we feel like we have pretty good law on our side. So um, you take their comments uh, for what they are and, and uh, rely on the, on the, the documents that we, we all agreed to. Um, I expect that they'll be here through, through June of, of 25. Uh, whether that happens or not, I you know I, I suppose that uh, there could be bumps in the road along the way, but uh, they've told us they're going to be here, and we expect that they'll be here. The current TV contract goes through the 24-25 athletic season, correct? Correct. When do you start negotiating <coughs> the next one, given what you know of the new league and the changing landscape? Everyone always talks about at some point a OTT provider will be the main. No one's actually done that quite yet. It's the primary source, right? So uh, I guess what does that kind of look like in the future? Well, uh, we actually were an early adopter on some of the streaming technology. We, we got involved with ESPN Plus uh, before uh, any other league did. And, and I think um, it, the, the, uh, the financial aspects of um, sports television are are unsettled at the present time. You know, we're we're migrating from linear cable to streaming, and I don't think there's any any doubt that we're on the right side of of uh, technology. Um, who knows if there'll be a new technology at some point in time that'll replace streaming? It, it, we didn't we didn't know about streaming seven or eight years ago, but um, 
that sort of disruption, that sort of transition, I think is going to be with us for a while. Uh, we have a, a look in on our on our contracts that uh, it starts in early 24. And uh, we have uh, part of our contract is with ESPN, part of it with Fox. Uh, we'll go back to both partners and, and begin having some conversations. But there are some indications that um, there are going to be more players involved in the space than there have been in the past, more that would like to get involved with college football particularly. And, and we derive, uh, as a conference, we derive about 80% of our revenue from our football product. Um, we put 105 basketball games on TV, men's basketball. Um, and then we have um, each institution generates between 50 and 60 events a year for uh, ESPN+. And um, we, we largely are not being compensated for that right now, but we will be in the new day. And, and then, you know, data rights management has gotten to be a, a big component that will be part of that negotiation as well. So um, it, it's, a, it's a little bit of a new day, and, uh, and, and we need to negotiate in ways that reflect that. But uh, live sports is today and always has been the coin of the realm. It's, uh, you, you look at linear cable as an example, uh, 93 or four of the top 100 events are live sports. And, and like NFL, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. a lot of it's NFL, yeah. but there's a, you know, there's a lot of, uh, of college football and, and final four and things like that, yeah. that get on there as well. So, um, you know, it's, uh, owning live sports is a good thing yeah. and it's always going to be valuable. And, um, it, it fits together a little differently than it, than it has in the past. Yeah. But, uh, and you know, the, the companies don't have an almost endless flow of, of cable subscription fees to, to give away as rights fees. But um, it's an evolving environment, and uh, we'll, we'll have a, a, a welcome uh, group of, of suitors out there, and I, I think we'll do well in, when it's time to go to auction. So whether we extend with our current partners or, or uh, um, go to a true open marketplace is yet to be determined. Fascinating stuff with the Big 12 Commissioner, Bob Bowlesby. I'm exhausted for you thinking about everything that has to happen. And so with that in mind, we need to, we need to, leave, you have to leave Provo on a sugar high. So if you haven't already, you need to get a mint fudge brownie, grab some Lavelle's vanilla, and get one of those three-foot-long maple bar donuts called Cougar Tails. Yeah, well, I, I, uh, I, I was defeated by a Cougar Tail last <laughs> evening. I got, I, got back to my, I got back to my room, and I, I, I got about a third of the way into it, and, and I, I just Too couldn't much. do it. That's pretty I was, good. I was completely wired. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't sleep all night. <laughs> Bob, we thank you for the time. I uh, really appreciate you coming in to hang out with us on BYU Sports Nation. Great to be with you guys. Thanks. Okay, coming up, is there room for 10 or more Power Fives on the 23 BYU football schedule? And is the door now open for BYU men's basketball to maybe take that three seed in Vegas at the mm. West Coast Conference Tournament? Okay. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade for a growing world. Men's Hoops plays at St. Mary's tonight. Big game. Listen to pregame coverage. Cougar pregame live starting at 9 Eastern on the BYU radio app and, of course, BYU radio. He is Jerem Jordan. I'm Spencer Linton. This is a loaded Friday edition of BYU Sports Nation. We just spoke with Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby. If you missed that combo, listen to it on the podcast. You can go back and watch the show anytime you would like. Also, to get show content throughout the day, follow us on the major social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Now it's time to whip it. The Cougar Whip Around, presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company, 
enabling global trade for a growing world. St. Mary's beat San Francisco last night. Woo! Does this leave the door open for the three seed for Brigham? Yes, especially if BYU can somehow figure out a way to beat St. Mary's in Moraga tomorrow night. Yeah, if BYU loses tomorrow, there's no way. There's nope. That, no. So that, they, they that might. absolutely has to happen for BYU to have any shot at the three seed. They have to beat St. Mary's for that. There's no way BYU can be the three without beating St. Mary's tomorrow. We don't need the Ken Palm just win percentage. No. Know that. But we don't know. Like, looking at the standings right now is a fruitless endeavor because if they, if and when they switch, it feels like it's going to happen next week. Ken Palm just win percentage will be different metrics. Not everyone's played each other. We'll see what it is, man. You know what I can guarantee you? San Francisco's going to finish with six league losses because they still have to play Gonzaga, yeah. and they already have five. Well, welcome to the six, six league loss club, you know? Good grief. Well, hopefully BYU can avoid that, right, by beating St. Mary's. So bad, dude. Also, uh, resume update, not great right now, Jerem. Not great, Bob. Not great, Bob. 51 in the net, 46 Ken Palm. Hey, 46 in Ken Palm. What happened to push BYU up seven spots from a couple of days ago? Super efficient the last couple of days of practice. However, BYU is the first team out in bracketology. This is the first time they've been out, what, all year? Since they got in, I think, right? Team rankings has BYU at 14.9% chance to make the tournament. How would that change if BYU beat St. Mary's? Hopefully we'll find out on, uh, on Sunday. That is your resume update for BYU men's basketball. Now back to football. Tyler Algier projected as one of the top five running backs on the Pro Football Full Focus Big Board at number five. Will he be one of the top five running backs drafted when all is said and done? I really hope so because I think that'll mean, you know, third or fourth round at that point. If he's fifth plus, it's like, shoot, hoping for third or fourth. Yeah, if he's the fifth running back drafted, I would think that's like probably late third round. At worst, early fourth round. I think he deserves yeah. it, Jerem. And I think yeah. his metrics at the combine are only going to increase his stock because I think he yes. will surprise people with how fast he is. If he runs like a 4.55 five, five plus, yeah, he's not going to be one of the top five. But if he can run a 4.4, four, which he has before, then boom goes the deadline. He's run a 4.38 laser time. That's crazy. Now if he runs a 4.4, four, we were disappointed. International uh, you know, tug-of-war day tomorrow. BYUSN's IG account will feature two semifinal tug-of-war contests. <laughs> so go to BYUSN's Instagram stories and vote on this today. <laughs> so Team A has Shep, Sadie Miner, Van Tassel, Foose, Sean Olmstead, Jennifer Rockwood against okay. Kiki, Lauren Gustin, Kairos Tonga, Mark Pope, and Dilji Taylor. Team A or B? I'm going with Team B. Come on, Jeremy. I can't go against any team that features Kairos Tonga. I'm going A. I think Foose will bring it there. Really? Okay. Kairos and, and Lauren? C and Ooh. D. Greg, Heather Knighting, Jacob Wilk of baseball, Kleinstock, Kerry Roberts <laughs> versus Blaine Fowler, Cassidy Smith of soccer, Davide Gardini, Jeff Judkins, and Heather Olmstead. <laughs> Who you got? Team C, baby. <laughs> team Kalani and Greg. I think I have C on that one as well. <laughs> go vote on the BYSN Instagram stories. Tomorrow, we'll have the championship matchup on International Tug of War. International Tug of War Day is a real thing, and we, with open arms, have embraced that. It's a real thing. There are many <laughs> real things in this world. Many aren't. It's okay. Coming up. That's funny. Double down picks for St. Mary's. Have and I locked this up yet? We just learned so much from Bob Bowlesby. We need to go back and discuss some of it because it was so good. Is BYU really going to play nine-game conference schedule? We're going to know schedule in October? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 
Number 19, BYU Gymnastics competes tonight in the meet against Southern Utah. Is number 23, the Flippin' Birds. Mm-hmm. 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station. We're hanging out live in Studio B on a Friday. This is how we do it. We've mentioned several times our conversation with Bob Bowlesby, and it was so good, Jerem, that we need to it revisit. It was great, Bob. We need to revisit some of the specific yep. comments from the commish, starting with how many games will BYU play as a member of the Big 12 Conference? A lot of discussion about eight or nine Bob Bowlesby giving us his opinion on which direction he would lean if he were making the decision. I'm an advocate for nine games because I think our qual I think our conference quality is is good enough that that's a that's a valuable thing for us. I, I think you know we're going to be at 14 for a couple of years and and so uh, playing a full uh, round robin is not in the cards and uh, so I, I think you want to minimize the number of no plays you have if you possibly can. I think I think that's one of the things that make great leagues is great rivalries and uh, so. Uh, we're going to do everything we can to have that happen. Once once we get to 12, uh, we'll probably take a different look at it. Okay, so what I'm gathering from that, Jeremy, is for at least the first three seasons, 23, 24, Two. and 25, right? Okay, well, I guess, yeah, 24 and, or 23 and 24, there's going to be nine conference games. He, then, wa- he wants it. Yeah. yeah. Then, then when it goes to 12 teams, maybe it drops down to eight. We'll see. But, like, I, I feel like strongly for the first two years, if he wants it and there are 14 I, teams, yeah. it's going to be nine conferences. I don't know what dropping Texas and Oklahoma has to do with, you know, going down to eight. I would think it'd stay at nine at that point. But we'll see. Well, you could make it a little bit more clean uh, in terms of scheduling from year to year. If you, had, if you have 12 teams in a conference and there are six in each division, you play the five in your division, and then you play one half of the other division. That's eight games. And so then it's like, okay, well, who are we going to play next year? The other half of the other division, along with the five in our immediate division. Yeah. So. Yeah. It depends what you value in non-conference and the opportunity to play in, uh, you know, the playoff or the college. Yeah. It depends how much you value conference play. Right now they have the true round robin, which is – Everybody plays everybody. What I'm very excited about is we will know in October what BYU's Big 12 schedule will look like. We'll know whether it's 8 or 9. I bet we'll know before then that it's 8 or 9. We'll just know exactly who BYU's playing. That is super exciting. BYU won't play everybody, right? There's a chance BYU does not play Texas and Oklahoma. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, okay. Then we asked about TV contracts and kind of where that's headed because they have two more years, uh, and then it's up. So what now? We have a, a look in on our on our contracts that uh, it starts in early 24, and uh, we have uh, part of our contract is with ESPN, part of it with Fox. Uh, we'll go back to both partners and, and begin having some conversations. But there are some indications that um, there are going to be more players involved in the space than there have been in the past, more that would like to get involved with college football particularly. And, and we derive, uh, as a conference, we derive about 80% of our revenue from our football product get used to the the games aren't all going to be on espn right um and it doesn't matter like there are basic options that get you the channels that BYU is going to be on i wouldn't worry about it and it's 2022 when BYU in india it was 2010 like hd was newish <laughs> like we've progressed a lot well and with some of the progressive companies that he also referenced hey there are some new things some new partners that want to get involved with college football specifically that tells me that that will drive up the price 
could. And I, I don't see um, the Big 12 or any major conference going to a, lin- a non-linear only consistent as the primary provider. I'm not talking secondary tertiary, the second and third picks. I'm talking primary provider will still be a major TV company, you'd think. But who knows? Maybe Amazon's a huge fan of Lord of the Rings and the Big 12 football. <laughs> like, and they throw stupid money, and it's like, you have to have Amazon Prime Video or Amazon Video to get. I don't know. But no one's actually done that yet where they're like, we are OTT for the primary provider. Well, I know a lot of people were concerned, well, I mean, it's like $37.5 million per team in the Big 12 right now. Is it going to go all the way down to like 20? I don't think it's going to be that big of a hit. Yeah, I don't know what it'll be. But I'm excited because it's going to be double or quadruple what BYU is at now. It's going to be awesome either way. More money. And the first two years different than what we were talking about. What we were talking about is when they get a new TV contract. Coming up, rise and shout out to Youthful Motivation. And our double down picks. Hopefully they go a little bit better than the last time we made double down picks. Listen, if BYU wins, I don't care if you get three and I get Truth. Two, okay? I'm with you on I that. I don't care. I am with you on that. This is BYU Sports News. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Bring on the double-down picks for tomorrow's BYU at St. Mary's men's basketball game. We each give two picks. Each one we get correct is worth the point. If you get both right, you get a bonus point for a total of three. Jerem, where are you going? The over-under was 95, what they actually did in the first meeting. Oh, boy. I'm going 120. Okay. I'm over. Over. Hopefully a little more offense. Over, so I'm going 121 points. For so many reasons. Yes. It's not super good. Number two, Ken Palm has St. Mary's by seven. You already covers that. Okay. okay. Number one. I can't believe I'm picking this, but I am. I'm, this is this is my blue goggle pick. BYU will have a halftime lead, Jerem. It's a blue goggle alert. Pick. Blue goggle alert. Yes, because they've blue been so alert. bad lately in blue the first half. Alert. They've been so bad. They'll have a halftime lead against St. Mary's. And number two, BYU will out-rebound the Gales. They're not losing effort tomorrow night. They have, they have had it pounded into their heads this week. Mm. You must out-rebound them to have any shot to beat them. That's going to happen. I hope BYU wins. That's all I want. I don't care about these compared to that. <laughs> Again, amen. If I got three points amen. and BYU lost, no. That was not a successful night. Our dude. question of the day. Should BYU keep Tennessee on the 2023 football schedule? Yes. Possibility of 10 or 11 Power 5 games? It's a home game, yeah. Our Elite Voice of the Day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. From at the Croxall on Instagram says, what? bring it on. I always want a shot to take on the SEC. Just drop that BYU Sports Nation karma and there's no team BYU can't beat. I don't think you understand the convenience of the karma. <laughs> <laughs> Today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. About this kid. Uh, Zach Wilson, I'm taking this energy into the 2022 season. This little guy wore his Jets stuff to school, took a bunch of crap from his friends, and he's like, hey, when the the Jets win the Super Bowl, you'll remember me. Come on, be nice. Even the Jets fans. Come on. Our thanks to today's guest, Bob Bowlesby. All right, Dennis. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to John and Stan Ross. See you tonight for BYU Gymnastics, 9 Eastern, Top 25.